Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Just keeping that mindset to just always strive to be better. Uh, that's what I've always done. And uh, I'm even just trying to do that even more, you know, with everybody this year. Runs in untouched. Six easy. TD Raiders. Division games are obviously, uh, you know, that's the first thing we have to try to accomplish when you set out for your, your goals during the course of the season is try to compete and win your own division. So um, we know these, you know, uh, they almost count double in the standings, if you will. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We kick it off with our good friend Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider offensive lineman, currently on the Raiders Radio Network broadcast. Does a fantastic job. And Lincoln, how's it feel to be game week? <laughs> it's long overdue, Q. Uh, first of all, it's good to be. You there? Did we lose him? Yeah, there, there you are. Sorry, my car just switched over. I said it's long overdue to be a, now and be a game week, but uh, you know it's well, it, it's been thought of and uh, highly regarded. So, but how you doing, man? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Excited to to have a game week, right? Excited to be here, uh, you know, and just looking at, at a regular <laughs> season game that that matters. So, uh, Lincoln, let me ask you this, man: when when you were playing, when the preseason was over, training camp was over, and you started preparing for that first game of the week, especially when your team had high expectations. What was it? Did, what, did it feel differently to you? It shouldn't. It really should be a business as usual because here's the thing: if you're if you're being a pro, and I use that term lightly, you you want to be you want to handle it as business as usual. You don't want to prepare any different for the first game than you say you would pay for the last game, or if you were playing a preseason, you know how you would prepare for that. So you know you don't want to look at it differently. You don't want to treat it differently. You want to treat it with respect, obviously, because you're preparing for another opponent, but. You also, you know, it's to kick off the season. You should be excited. Everyone who's playing should be excited. So from what you saw from head coach Josh McDaniels and the coaching staff and obviously the front office as well, do you feel like that they treated the preseason and training camp the way that you should treat it as the same as you would the regular season? Well, I I, I do. I I think, look, I've always believed that guys need to play. Everybody can use some preseason. You know, there are certain players, just very few players, that, that don't necessarily need preseason based on their tenure and, of course, their experience. But, you know, when you talk about building a team, the only way that you're going to see what a football team can do is to watch them play football. You can't duplicate that in practice or scrimmages. So how long for the guys like a Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, who we didn't see at all in the preseason, how long do you think it'll take them to get acclimated? Because they're pros, pros. Well, I mean, only time will tell. Well, we'll have to wait and see. You know, the thing is, is that this is an important game. Not only is it a divisional opponent, season opener, but it's also a conference opponent. Mm-hmm. When you talk about tiebreakers, and more importantly, you talk about how this team got, you know, let's say, thrown around last year at SoFi. They want to redeem themselves, especially the ones that were there, uh, and especially Derek Carr, because Derek Carr was called out by Bosa and a couple other players and being scared. So I think he wants to have a good game. There's a lot of things that are weighing in this first game of the season. It's not just, you know, the X's and O's or the Raiders versus the Chargers. No doubt. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. What did it tell you that the Raiders organization, the front office, Dave Ziegler and company, did not go out and and sign a a veteran offensive lineman to add to the 53-man roster? It shows that you have trust in not only your offensive line coach, but the people you have on the roster. If you think about what this administration has done since they came into, you know, came over to the Raiders, I think when they came over, they had what thirty-seven players maybe under contract. Yeah, you had to fill out a roster not only to get to possibly fifty-three, but you also had to talk about getting through camp. 
And so, you know, let's face it, Q, there's, there's not a, you know, a good veteran lineman who's just sitting on the couch waiting for somebody to come sign him. You saw how desperate times were because even the Cowboys went out and signed 40-year-old Jason Peters, who I thought after watching him play the Bears last year that he would be done. All right, Lincoln, uh, you made me laugh there about that Jason Peters line because that was a surprise to me as well. I'm just waiting for him to retire, but he's still got a little bit left in the tank, I guess. But when it comes to this first game of the season, with it being a divisional opponent for the Raiders and the Chargers, how important is it? What's that difference like in the classroom where it's teaching like, hey, you're installing all these concepts that you learned in training camp and in the preseason and focusing in on that one opponent for that one pre- for this one regular season game? Well, you build up because ever since the schedule came out and you knew who you were playing, that's when you start studying as a coaching staff. You start studying and breaking down and possibly putting together a game plan. Now, it's not you know, ingrained in stone. Things change, especially when you talk about the personnel, injuries, what you have available after camp. But you know, having 17 days to prepare um, after your last preseason game, no matter what you took into New England, uh, against New England, the Patriots in their, their practices, it's, it, it means nothing when you talk about uh, the Chargers two totally different teams. So if you want to put your best foot forward, you need to really prepare for the Chargers. And you have the film. You know, there's only a few minor changes the Chargers uh, made last year. You're a totally different offense than what they've seen. You've got some new uh, personnel. But to me, the key in the game is definitely going to be the guys up front, not only on the offensive line, but also the defensive line, because the Chargers can run the football. Yeah, they can. But but going back to the Raiders' offensive line real quick, I mean, they got a, a challenge in front of them. They got Bosa. They have Matt coming to town. Of course, the Chargers uh, beefed up their interior of the defensive line as well. What do you think the game plan should be for Josh McDaniels, for Coach Priscilla, the offensive line coach, to help slow down that, that uh, pass rush that the Chargers have? Run the ball. I would run the ball as much as I could at Joey Bosa's ass just as I would do with Khalil Mack. I would run the ball down here. I would have traps, everything that I possibly could to go after those guys, to go after their legs, let them know that you are thinking about them that way, and I would run the ball. More importantly, when it comes to the short throws, you want to try to implement the screen game, possibly the draw game, so when they get their full head of steam, they can be rushing the field for nil. So, But at the same point, I think that it's more it's more pertinent for, and to build confidence for your offensive line, for, you, for the Raiders to use their weight at the offensive line to push guys around rather than back it up trying to be pass happy. No, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. We actually had someone call in earlier talking about the run game and, and, and run, run, run. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they're going to try to get the ball to Devontae Adams. But if they get it into a little short, you know, a little short game and, and get it to him quickly, uh, can that can that work as a, you know, like a, a, a glorified run maybe? Well, the Chargers play a cover three. And they play a cover three man. Gotcha. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have the opportunity with their defense, solid defense, to bracket the interior receivers. They can mm-hmm. bracket, and what I mean is a high low where you have a safety over the top or a, a defensive back over the top and maybe a linebacker underneath, both the slot receiver and the tight end because you have numbers that way. So you do put a little bit of pressure in your outside corners, and that's when your outside receivers have got to win. The Raiders have shown that they can stretch the field, and they, they've tried it in preseason, but it's anyone's guess whether or not they're going to do it. So it's, to me, that's why the run is so much more important for them to be established early. Be patient. Be patient. That was a great breakdown right there from Lincoln Kennedy. See, that's what you be doing on the color commentary right there. You got that breakdown like that on the on the X's and O's and takes us a little bit deeper dive into it, Lincoln. So uh, we could appreciate that. How excited are you for this this upcoming game? It's it's week one of the regular season. You and Jason are doing it for real this time. Well, you know, I love my job. And, and, and my job is easy because I call what I see. But for the most part, I really thoroughly enjoy doing it. So I'm always looking forward to football season. As a matter of fact, 
you know, last weekend I was like a kid in the candy store. The <laughs> fact that I had football Thursday to Monday, it starts the same thing this weekend, but it starts with the pro guys. All right, Lincoln, about the Chargers on the offensive side and how the Raiders are going to have to combat them defensively, what do you think that the Chargers are going to try to do to attack this Raiders defense? Well, they, what they've been doing the last couple of times they've seen him, especially with Justin Herbert, he's been stretching the field. And he's been utilizing his tall receivers. And the, the difference that they have, the size difference that they, that they have with corners. So it's going to be interesting to see how Patrick Graham plays this, uh, you know, plays this defense against this quarterback who's not only can he use his legs, incredibly smart and very gifted. We know that Nate Hobbs, or at least we expect Nate Hobbs to be a really good player this upcoming year. I'm excited about what he could do. What are your thoughts about what's across from him? You got Rocky Sin, you got Anthony Averett, maybe Sam Webb. What are, are those guys, I feel like they all have something to prove. Who do you think steps up out of that crew? Well, Nate did a great job last year as a nickelback. A, a phenomenal year for his rookie year. And we've seen flashes of him playing corner. Um, with them letting Trayvon Mullen go in the trade, it'll be interesting to see who are going to be their lockdown corners on the outside because that's very important. So if Nate is playing that position or whomever is playing that position, they're going to have a tall task to fill when you talk about some of the receivers that, that the Chargers have. More importantly, you've got to be mindful of they've got a good running game and a good back with Eckler, who's no, notorious for catching screens out of the backfield. So the linebacker core is, have to, is going to have to be very active as well. How much do you think Rocky Sin? because I know he's been a guy that's had a lot of hype since he came out of Temple, out of college, but he just really hasn't consistently been that guy. How much better do you think he could be in this scheme where it looks like it's going to be a ton of press man coverage? I, I have to see him play. I have to see him right. do it. A lot of times, you know, you can write guys off and say they're not very good or they were over overhyped, but sometimes it takes the right scheme to bring out the better athlete. Um, that happened with me in my situation of play. So I have to see him do it. I didn't see enough of it in preseason or any of it in preseason to really, you know, put a guess of whether or not he's capable of doing it. Besides, you can only take preseason with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. You have to see when the real light's going and everything else, how they're, you know, how they stand up to the competition or if they're being capable, capable of doing the job. Yeah, Lincoln, you mentioned Austin Eckler and the receiving threat that he poses out of the backfield as well and the pressure that it's going to put on these Raiders linebackers. But how much confidence do you have in the Raider linebackers with Devon Diablo, Denzel Perryman, and Jayon Brown to get the job done to contain Austin Eckler out of the backfield? Well, you know, Austin Eckler out of the backfield wasn't the big deal. It was the tight ends and it was the size difference of tight ends versus linebackers that really put, you know, did the, the Raiders in, especially in the first game. I mean, they picked on Denzel Perryman in coverage. And hopefully Patrick Graham has a scheme that can that doesn't have to force him to coverage because even though he's a good inside linebacker, he's not very tall. Right. And so when you're going to get some of those taller tight ends or taller receivers that are running crossing routes, it's really at a disadvantage because it's not for the, the fact that he, he, he's hustling and he's running. It's just the fact he just doesn't have the size to, to negate those guys from catching the ball. What do you think about Jayon Brown? How much of an X factor can he be? I think he's sneaky good. I do think he's sneaky good, too. Again, I want to see all the pieces of this defense work because I still have questions that Jonathan Abram, what they're going to do with him and how they're going to implement him in this defense. But all these pieces I want to see work. We didn't have the fortune. We saw scheme, yeah. you know, during the preseason. We saw how that is. But I still have to see, you know, Max Crosby dropping the flex because he's considered an outside linebacker in this defense. I want to see him dropping the flex. That's, 
that's something that they're asking to get out the right. defensive ends outside linebackers. I know Chandler Jones can do it, but I'm going to see if Max Crosby can do it. There's a lot of questions in this defense scheme-wise with the personnel they have on the roster. Right, and hey, right out of the gates, you got the Chargers, right? In the first five weeks, you have yep. all AFC opponents, and three out of the five are going to be AFC West opponents. So it is going to be very interesting. Well, Lincoln, we're fired up. We're excited about this week. Can't wait to get down to L.A. We'll talk to you again before that happens. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for your insight. As always, we appreciate you. Pace yourself, guys. we got a long week. Pace yourself. Don't get too hyped. Don't burn yourself out too early. You're not going to be any good by the time we talk on Thursday. Pace yourself. <laughs> got you. We appreciate you. He's talking directly to me on that one, too, because we are fired up. I know I'm fired up about the week. Cannot wait to get to game time, but we still have Wednesday. We still have Thursday. We still have Friday and Saturday. I'm telling you, Damon, you have no idea. I'm, taking, I'm making a beeline from the barbershop on Saturday to L.A. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Take a beeline directly from the barbershop. As soon as the fade gets done, just yeah, just take a little bit of the little wipes, you know, get a little bit of alcohol, rub off the extra hair off your head, and go. Gone. You know what's the funniest part about you always need the haircut? I tell you every time. You don't need one. <laughs> I do. Every Saturday. It's got to happen, man. I mean, happen. the lineup is still looking crisp right now. That's what I do. Well, Scott just got it on Saturday. That's why. Oh, well, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> That's what I do. Look, man, there's not too many things. I tell everyone, there's not too many things in life I have left. The hair is still one, <laughs> right? That's still my, my pride, right? At some point, that's going to leave me too. And when that leaves me, boy, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Then all of a sudden, you're going to say, uh, you're going to look up one day and you're like, cute, what happened? Oh, everybody's gone. Everybody's gone. The wife, the wife bounced for like some 25-year-old with a whole full head of hair. <laughs> Look at him with a hairline. Yeah, he got a hairline. He's got a job that doesn't have to uh, command him to work 24-7. She's living her best life. I'm still doing podcasts, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's the only way. What's keeping your wife around? The hairline, man. As <laughs> soon as it goes, she's gone. <laughs> yep. Hey, man, look. She's like, damn, I thought I'd have been done with him about five years ago. That damn hairline still sticking in there. Still hanging strong. She walking around like, man, this thing ever go away? When's this damn hairline going to go? When the hairline goes, it's, it's all free game. He's out the, he's out the picture then. <laughs> that's all it takes. Are you still going to go to the barbershop once the hair goes? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I think so, but I don't know. The hair hasn't gone, so I wouldn't know. But I think I don't know. Maybe I guess I could skip a week though if I if if I don't go every week. I don't even know what I'd be like bald headed. I don't either. I used to be bald when I was younger, and I was when I every I would I had a ritual or a routine or I was superstitious, whatever you want to call it. But every time we had a basketball game, I always shaved my head the night before. I had to be like Mike. So that was just, hey, man, look, it's only weird if it doesn't work, right? So uh, there was one time where I was growing my hair, and I was about to play in a Hoop It Up tournament, and there was a girl that was going to go watch, and I liked her, and she was going to go. And so she had been telling me how good my hair looks. So I was like, I got a real problem. I, I, I got to cut my hair because I'm going to play a basketball game, but homegirl's going to go, and she really likes my hair, so I got a real bad decision. And, of course, as all men do, I made the wrong one. I let the hair grow, and I didn't cut it, and I had a bad game. It's all her fault. Oh. <laughs> Damn you, Crystal! <laughs> Still remember her name. 415 is the time. Come back, get to your texts and your calls. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Earlier today, Steelers president Art Rooney II announced that Franco Harris's number 32 jersey will be retired by the team at halftime of their Week 16 game against the Raiders. The 50-year anniversary of the immaculate deception incompletion whatever you want to call it 
is going down. And I just thought I'd bring that to the table and let you know that because Phil Villapiano always talks about the immaculate deception, incompletion, all that good stuff every time we get a chance to catch up with them. So now that that's been announced that they're going to retire the jersey on that day, that's actually Christmas Eve, I wonder if... I wonder what Foo has lined up. Foo's got something special lined up. He's a special dude in the greatest of ways. I always love getting an opportunity to talk to Foo and have multiple times over the past few weeks to be able to talk to him. So that was always great. But, yeah, I wonder with that announcement what he's thinking right about now. He said he was going to be there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to be there. Oh, he's going to be there. Yeah, he, he was talking about the the statue that's there at the airport when you land and, I mean, all that good stuff. He's, he's ready to go, man. He's fired up. That's one that I'll probably have to go to, too. I'm not going to go to every uh, away game, but I think I'm going to have to definitely make a make an effort to get to that one. I mean, that would be a good game to go to. I think the pageantry of the NFL and with the Steelers announcing that they're going to retire Franco Harris's number, right. I feel like that would just be a good game to be at as an NFL fan. But it's Christmas Eve, and so you know, you're kind of away from the family for a while. Even more reason to go. <laughs> I was about to say, man, that's going to stop you. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Someone right now is like, damn, Q's cold. Right? <laughs> I just kid. I kid a lot. Kind of. Got the kids in town. It's like, all right, y'all. Right. Y'all take it easy. Right, exactly. Hey, I'm glad everyone's able to make it. I'm out. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. I'll tell you. You don't even have to unwrap it. I'll tell you what I got you now. Right, exactly. <laughs> Matter of fact, you know it's funny that you say that? It's so funny you say that. I don't even try to wrap gifts. I really don't. I do like my mom, and this is my mom's fault, and I don't blame her at all. I actually applaud her for this. She used to take me to the store and be like, what do you want? And I'd buy it, or I'd get it. I'd pick it out. Some, so Sometimes she'd wrap it up, but what does it matter? It's like, I already know what it is. So I tell the kids all the time because I don't even want a Christmas tree. We don't even have a Christmas tree in our house. And the wife hates it because she loves, she wants to do all the decorations. She wants the house to be lit up like a damn Christmas tree. She wants everything, right? She wants all this. You know, one time she had the nerve to ask me to decorate the house with Christmas lights about 15 minutes before the Raider game kicked off. How dare she? Oh, dog. She really did that. Like we were, we were in Texas at the time, right? And she was like, oh, I need these Christmas lights put up. And I was like, okay. You know, because I'm thinking she knows the game starts at 15 minutes. There's no way she's asking me to do this right now. So I didn't even budge. She goes, can you do them real quick? And I go, there's no real quick about Christmas lights on the house. Like, the game starts at 15 minutes. And then she gave me the, okay, I guess I'll just do it myself. And then I feel bad. So then I went out there half-assed. And angry, <laughs> right? I went out there. I always say, Damon, you know, I tell you all the time, if you're going to do something, do it right. Don't do it half-assed, right? If you're going to do it half-assed, there's no reason to do it at all. So I went out there with the intentions of being half-assed about it. So she says, oh, never mind. So I went out there, and I'm doing them. I'm trying to put these damn things up, and it's right around the porch. I started at the porch, the smallest area of the house, just to give a sample size of what my attitude was going to be like. And I'm putting these damn lights up, and I'm, how do you want it? Okay, you want like, you know, and I'm angry the whole time. Without without being angry, angry, I'm still angry. Like, you could tell that I'm angry and irritated. So I'm putting these damn lights up, and then one broke. One light broke, and she goes, okay, never mind. Let's just not do this because clearly you don't want to. And I go, well, no, the game's kicking off in 15 minutes. Now 10 minutes. Like, why would I want to do it right now? Why could you ask me any other day of the week, any other time than right now? And then she hit me with the, would it have mattered if I had asked you on a day that the game wasn't on? I was like, no, probably not. I really wouldn't want to do it either. But... <laughs> But the point is, you can't ask someone to do that on, you know, ahead of the game. So, needless to say, I've never been asked to do Christmas lights again. All right, something else I want to ask you about holidays before we get to the phone lines. Yeah. Halloween, you guys are now settled into the house. You're going oh, yeah. to give out candy this year? No, probably not. Turn the lights off. I'm that guy. I don't, I don't do Halloween. I don't do Christmas. I don't do anything. I know. That's why I wanted to ask you. <laughs> Maybe you'll be like more in the no. neighborly spirit. No, no. We turn the lights out. I don't want anything to do with it. 
I, I turned the lights out. The only ho- the lights the only light that's not out in the house is the one in the in the lab, so I can actually do my work. But every other light is out. Or and I tell the wife just you guys go somewhere. You guys just go. I'm like wherever you guys want to go because she likes Halloween. I'm just not a Halloween guy. Like it's not a big deal to me. You know, just it's not my bag. But let it be NFL Week One, and that's my bag. And I'll get excited for that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. 702-365-9200. It's been a fun show so far. Raider Mike, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Michael Scrooge Myers? <laughs> Damn, dude. I know. I am bad. I'm terrible. Oh, God. But I'll give you this. My wife said we're putting up the decorations and the Raiders are about to kick off. I'll look her straight in the eye and go, you really want a divorce, don't you? <laughs> I really? Come on. You're done here. And I just walk away. <laughs> End of story. Now, I've told you guys this story about me at the Pittsburgh airport. Corporate training was over. Yes. And I had that that layover. And I saw that statue. Second worst call in history behind the F rule. The tuck rule. Whatever you want to call that thing. And I said, there's no one around. I'm hammered, and I just sprayed Franco with Raider Mike Splendor. You know, I do. So, <laughs> I, I do. Will, I'm inviting Foo, and this might get him to the Hall of Fame to join me in I in my uh, Ranger games at the Pittsburgh Airport again. If he agrees to it, we'll try and get away with it. I'm sure we're gonna have all eyes on us. But, uh, damn, that felt good because I got away with it. Anyway, I'm salivating. It's finally here. And my ducks got destroyed by Georgia. So, every time the ducks get destroyed like that, the Raiders just step up for me the next week. So, I'm hoping that holds true for this game. I'm not nervous at all. I think Graham has something up his sleeve for Herbert. He's got the... He's got the stud horses to do it with. And um, I'm just salivating. Everyone's picking these chokers, chargers, show me your Viking Bowl crap <laughs> again. What, what is this, the fourth season in a row? Right, yeah. These experts keep saying, oh, that's the team. They're going to kill it. No. You're going to always be the chokers. We made this, well, it's made by Raider fans. It's a Charger jersey. It says rings on the back and a zero below it. That's who you are. That's who you're always going to be. We own L.A. anyway. So no one cares until you do something. Last time I checked, week 18... You choked again with a rookie coach that doesn't seem to know what he's doing. And we got one of the best coaches in the NFL right now who's about to just come in and school you again. Because last year was Rich Basaccia. A rookie did that to you. Wait till Josh is done with you. I'm not scared. Raiders! There he goes. Peace. Love you.
Raider Mike, good call right there. Good passion right there from Raider Mike. Definitely appreciate that. And, yeah, don't you and uh, food get into trouble at the airport. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that disclaimer out there right now. That's a real invitation to offer to somebody right there. Hey, man, look, I'm just saying don't get in no trouble. I'm just going to throw out my apparently advice, you know, father figure that I'm trying to be. This is a family show, trying to make sure that uh, nobody gets in trouble. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody collects $200. Don't do it. Just saying. Because all eyes will definitely be on you. But no, uh, getting back to the game on on uh, Sunday, excuse me, th- it's 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 exciting. And it's so funny to know how much the Chargers are getting that love. And look, they might come out and be a phenomenal team, for all I know. But to Raider Mike's point, every single year we hear about how great they're going to be. And then they somehow fall short. And it's like, well, what happened? Well, you know, it's because of this. It's because of injuries. Oh, it's because of special teams. Oh, it's because their coach had to do the analytic play because, well, their defense he couldn't trust. Like, I've heard every damn excuse on why every time someone picks them to be a really good team, hell, I've picked them. I've fallen for the banana in the tailpipe back in the day. They're like, hey, Q, who do you think is going to be a, a really good team that maybe no one's talking about right now? I was like, oh, you know, I think the Chargers. <laughs> you know, and I just – and then – I was like, why would I fall for that again, right? So I'm not going to fall for it again. But it seems like every single year, for some reason, the Chargers are that team that everyone thinks is going to be so great. Hell, even Denver was that team last year. Remember how great everyone thought Denver was going to be? And uh, I never understood that. I was like, how? what makes you think that they're going to be really good? The defense. What they do, start out 3-0? and Then they start out 3-0, and and then then they fell off or something like that. I think they were 3-0, and weren't they? I'll check, but then they probably just had to start throwing the ball. Well, remember because they had they played against bad teams, and I, I remember even you know giving them a little love, like, well, I mean, they're winning those games, so you got to give them props for that. But yeah, they just everyone's like giving them all this props, and and you know I'm seeing all these different rankings, and I know rankings don't matter, but to see all these teams or these these people and these national outlets putting the Broncos in the top five or the top six, I'm like, I don't see it, and the Bron- and the Chargers. Top two or three, the best team in the AFC West, based off what? I've got the list of the Denver Broncos, first three games last season. Yeah, they were bad teams. The New York Giants. Bad team. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Worst team. And the New York Jets. Another bad team. And they were 3-0. and Yep. And then they fell, off the, they fell off and they started being bad. They started showing who they really were. Yeah, they lost four in a row after that. Exactly. So there you go. But, I mean, again, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule, and if you beat them, you beat them. Great. But I still didn't see where they get all the love, where it's like, oh, man, this team's going to be great. So now they go and add Russell Wilson. So cool. But I'm telling you, man, and I don't really – I don't poo-poo on on the cats from the the Locked On at all because I really respect them. But, man, these guys are, like, over the moon on the Chargers and the Broncos. Like, they are going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Right? And it's just, to me – it's so funny. I was doing that ultimate crossover with them the other day, and I just, yeah, I think it was Friday, and I just kept saying, like, man, you guys are all so excited by these, like, these teams. My man said, oh, the, the Chargers are going to be the AFC West champs. Talking about the, yeah, talking about Chargers. Oh, and they, they have a chance to go to a Super Bowl. And I was like, where does this come from? What gives you this idea? What have you, what have you seen? They haven't even made the playoffs yet. Like, make the playoffs and then talk about it. They haven't even made the playoffs yet. So I just want to see it. And look, it could start on Sunday. They might go out there and beat the brakes off the Raiders, and maybe on Monday I have a different conversation. But right now, as of right now, I don't I don't see why everyone thinks they're going to be a top five team. Everybody wants to be the person who was in on it early. But this is this has I, been early for like four or five years. But I think that this I know everybody last year was supposed to be the Man, year. You can't His get there year. no earlier. <laughs> but I mean Justin <laughs> Herbert. Everybody is ready to anoint him yeah. the next guy. Right. But so eventually, if he's going to be the next guy. They've got to win eventually, 
And I'm sure I'm not saying that's the only reason why people want to say that the charges are going to be good. But it feels good to be like, hey, I called it early in the season. Right. And look, he's a good quarterback. But let him at least prove it first. That's all. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him saying he's not a good quarterback. I think he's damn good. We all saw it on display week 18 last year. Right? He went for it on well, they went for it on fourth down and converted it multiple times. He's a really good quarterback, but can he prove it? Can he show it before he just anoint him as as the next, you know, coming to Christ? Hey man, give me a give, give, relax a little bit. Just, he's got arm talent. All right. He's well, got moxie. All right. He's got oh, all the intangibles, all the things, all the <laughs> buzzwords that people love to throw out there. I got a buzzword. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listening line. Who we got up, man? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? I'm so excited for the season uh, come Sunday, heading, taking that walk to uh, SoFi with the rest of the Raider Nation on Sunday. Man, it's going to be a great game. Hey, I, I'm with y'all, man. Or I'm with you, Q, on, on the, the, the Chargers. If something's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong with, with them. They've been favored for how many years, <laughs> and they never show up. Here's the problem. They like the Dallas Cowboys fans. Uh, they they get illusional, and, and you see what Stephen A. Smith does to, on ESPN. And something's gonna happen. They look good, and then all of a sudden they fall apart. Well, only thing I, my concern Sunday is I'm gonna be watching that O line. We're gonna have to chip block with the running backs because mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna tell you right now that's our only concern. If Derek Carr gets time and the defense, you were talking about the defense this morning, um, today, hey, the defense is is, is gonna be solid. You just we just got a blitz last year. Scheme we never, and they complaining about Bradley in um, Indianapolis right now yeah. because he doesn't blitz. Right. So we're gonna have to blitz Herbert. They didn't. We didn't hardly blitz him in that last game. In, in the last game, and we still got to him. So I, I, I'm gonna end with this. I think we're gonna be okay. We just gotta. We just gotta wade the storm the first when they first get it because you know their revenge factor is there. I don't care what they telling y'all. Or telling the fans they they thinking about that game from last year. Mm-hmm. They believe that they were a better team and they should have been in the playoffs instead of us. And why they lost to us? They made a bunch of excuses regarding the coaching and all that. And that's another thing. Their coach is not that good. He will not. He, he, I guarantee you, if they don't get to the playoffs this year, he will be gone. Yeah, you know, you're right. Sean Payton will probably be the head coach if uh, if they don't make it to the playoffs uh, this upcoming year. He's already talking about the Chargers are a team that he's interested in. Uh, my money says he's going to end up the Cowboys head coach, but you never know. You never know. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think that you know there's a there's a lot there's a lot riding on it, and obviously the offensive line is going to have to play their part. Uh, obviously, and we brought this up earlier in the show without without the Raiders going out and making some massive moves to upgrade the offensive line between. The training camp, preseason, and now, obviously they feel okay. I'm not saying they feel great, but they feel okay about what they're gonna they're they're in store for and what they have they're working with. If they can go out there and Carr gets a few seconds to to throw the ball, and you know, look, we had the caller earlier say, "Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball," and I said, "Yeah, I think they're still gonna try to throw the rock a lot." And then Lincoln said, "Hey, man, get them to pin their ears back and then run the ball." So maybe that's what we'll see week one. Maybe we will see a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs, Samir White, Amir Abdullah. Maybe we'll see everyone. Brandon Bolden, Britton Brown. Hell, they might they might go five running backs for all we know. You know, and, and that's the one thing Raider Mac brought up a good point about Gus Bradley. I really like Gus Bradley. I really do. And I like what he did with this Raiders defense last year because again, it made them at least at least good enough where you knew that they they were gonna help this team stay in games. 
But the one thing about Gus Bradley that was frustrating to the end-all, be-all was that there was never any change into what they did, right? It was always, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. I don't care what your team looks like. We're just going to play this certain style, and we're not going to change our identity at all. And sometimes you, you just can't do that. Sometimes you've got to adjust and, and, and change the way that you play a certain team because the, the Chiefs aren't going to be the same as the Jets, or the Chiefs aren't going to be the same as the Colts. I mean, every team is different. So you can't have that same approach and say, well, you know what, damn it, Damon, I'm not going to change because, well, this is just who I am. Sometimes you just have to change who you are to be able to succeed and be successful. That's the only thing that used to frustrate me about Gus Bradley is it was always the same. He's the guy who's going to blitz the least. I think he was, uh, you know, one or two. When it's it in, and it's in the front four, yeah. and everybody else is dropping back into right. cover three. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know what's coming. And so really good teams like the Chiefs and Andy Reid know exactly how to beat them, and that's what they did. So I think with Patrick Graham, the thing that we're going to see is we're going to see so much change and so many different approaches and different looks from this defense, not in a way where it's confusing for them, but it's just a different look, so teams can't just say, well, we know that this is what's going to happen, and this guy's going to drop into this zone, and da, 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 we can beat him, and this guy, this. I think it's just going to be different, right? That's what it feels like to me. And something that I wanted to add on to about running the ball, I get this stat here from NFL345 on Twitter. The best success when teams for winning games in the NFL in the regular season is by running the ball. Teams with 100-yard rushers were 73-28-2 last season in the NFL. And teams with 100-yard receivers, 105-61. 300-yard passers, 68-44 records. Wow. So when you look at those percentages, that's about 60% for 300-yard passers, Mm -hmm. 63% for 100-yard receivers, and that's over 70% of a win percentage if you have a 100-yard rusher. Well, like Ice Cube said, run, run, run. He said a couple other words, but I had to leave those out. (laughs) (laughs) For sake of it being a family show, run, run, run. 4.38 is the time. When we get back, got a bunch of texts that I want to get to. Plus, I want you to hear from Marcus Spears what he said about the Raiders' defense and how good this team possibly could be if the defense steps their game up. That's all coming up next on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 4.42 is the time. Going to take you all the way up to 5 o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Having a fun conversation, man. We missed Monday, so we had to get back and let it all rip, man. I was like a fish out of water yesterday, not knowing what the hell to do. I still got up and did a little work. (laughs) Still got up. Had to record some podcasts and all that good stuff, but... Got a little R and R, man, as as we should, because it's full throttle now. It's 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 football time. Uh, it's back. Week one is Sunday against the Chargers, SoFi Stadium, and man, it is good to be back. So we're talking a lot of Raider football with you here. We've been talking about the Raiders defense. You'll hear from Marcus Spears. He was on NFL Live. That's how we started the show off today. Let you hear from him again. Plus, got a lot of good texts that I want to get to, and I want you to hear from Josh McDaniels. He had his uh, media session early today. It's kind of impromptu. About 11 o'clock, we found out he was going to talk at around 11.45. So, uh, yeah, things are a weird week because it was a holiday yesterday. So everyone's kind of getting back into the groove and trying to get everything set up. And uh, the Raiders as well are doing that. So everyone's in preparation for this week one matchup at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. So uh, we definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. What's on your mind? How excited are you? And 69187, keyword R&R, Sam and Ash, text line, keyword again, R&R. Uh, we got a text from the 510. If Herbert was the Raiders quarterback, would the Raiders be listed as a top five team? That's a great question. That is a great question. 
I have no idea. I mean, I, 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 I'm my initial thought when I read that text during the break, I said no. That was my initial thought. But man, Justin Herbert's been that guy, even when he was at Oregon, that everyone just gave him all the love in the world. And I think this, and I've said this multiple times on this show, this is not a disrespect to Derek Carr, it's not a disrespect to anyone else. I think if Justin Herbert had came out a year earlier, he would have been a Raiders quarterback. That's just my gut feeling. I just I, I fully believe that if he had come out a year earlier, he decided to stay in school one more year and run it back with his guys, I think that that changed the game. And that's why he's now a Charger and not a Raider. Again, not trying to replace Derek Carr. Let's not get it twisted. I just felt like there was a lot of rumblings and conversations that the Raiders were going to select him if he had came out, but he didn't. So there's that. So I don't know. To answer your question in a long roundabout way, long-winded way, I don't know. I'll answer that, and I'll say yes. Okay. I think so. If Derek, excuse me, if Derek Carr was not the quarterback and Justin Herbert was, especially with Josh McDaniels as the head coach, I think the media would be gushing. I think hmm. it would be, hey, the Raiders, maybe they could. They're a, a, my dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Maybe they're going to win the AFC West because I do think that Justin Herbert, he is building up that legend, that mystique of this guy is going to be. The next guy. I was reading a piece on the Ringer. They had their mm-hmm. um from Stephen Ruiz. Yeah. It was the quarterback tears. And one of the things that he said about Derek Carr, he said it's not that Derek Carr is not athletic. It's just that Derek Carr doesn't like to make those plays. It right. was like so all of the lists are from zero to a hundred. Yeah. For creativity, Derek Carr was listed at probably like a seventy five. Derek mm-hmm. Carr was in the 70s. Yeah. You know, arm talent, all these things are in the nineties, but creativity he had him in the seventies. And it's just He wants to beat you from the pocket. Exactly. Yeah. Derek Carr is not going to go yeah, outside the that. pocket yeah. and make those plays. Right. But I do think that that's something that holds people Derek Carr back from when it people say, Hey, he's not that guy, even though he's proven it and he's got the numbers to back up that he is one of those guys. But just with Justin Herbert, the potential is too tantalizing yeah. for people to say, hey, this guy isn't a top five quarterback. Well, there was a time when Derek Carr was really running around the yard. There was that time. I'll never forget when he did the somersault in New Orleans right in front of Dennis Allen, the former coach, uh, when he ran for that first down. That was a big time first down that he picked up and did a somersault. And I think everyone at Raider Nation and Derek Carr probably held their breath like, what in the world is he doing? Why is he doing that? Don't ever do that again. But uh, they ended up winning that game. As a matter of fact, Jalen Richard had his first uh, uh, NFL touchdown that day. That was a big-time run. His first touch, boom, took it to the house. And uh, there you go. The legend of Jalen Richard was born that day. So I, I can't answer that question because I just don't know. DeMond believes that they would be considered a top-five team. I'm just not 100% sure. I just feel like the Chargers are always considered a top team. And then you add Justin Herbert on top of it, and it makes it even more, oh, man, this team is great. I'll tell you what right now, man. The locked on Chargers dude is he is man he is like he is like a kid on Christmas man that dude he can barely talk he's like drilling on himself he's so excited about the upcoming season he just thinks they're gonna be he they're gonna be that team and we'll see you know I I I, I played it really slow and chill and relaxed and it's like well you know we'll see how it all plays out you know I just I just wanted to take the high road man I didn't want to do any bragging you can't brag in September bragging comes in January right that's when you brag. Rob in Oakland hit us up. Always appreciate hearing from Rob. I know it's not accurate to compare one year to the next, but the key contributors to the offense are still present, and Devontae makes us more potent. The offense moved the ball well last year with poor right guard and right tackle play, and I think Derek knows how to make it work. Last year, the offense was driving with the parking brake engaged because they don't score in the red zone. If Josh McDaniels fixes that, the offense should establish early leads. The defense should benefit from these leads, pin their ears back, create chaos, and hopefully turnovers. At least that's what I'm hoping for, Rob in Oakland. And that's the thing. If you're not always playing from behind, then you can dictate more what the other team does. If the Raiders get leads, then all of a sudden what happens? Well, other teams go into panic mode, and they have to go and throw the ball around the yard. The ball's in the air more. Guess what? There's opportunity to make plays. Now, 
you've got to go make those plays. But, yeah, Rob, that's a good point. If they establish a lead early and get into the end zone on a more consistent basis, I think I heard Vinny this this morning say that the Raiders scored in the red zone, uh, scored touchdowns 49% of the time they got there, which is very low in, um, amount of, of touchdowns. If they can do that at a higher level, then they'll be cooking with grease. They'll be in a good opportunity and a good position to uh, have the lead and make teams throw the ball instead of being comfortable, just running the rock and letting letting the clock salt out. 702-365-9200. We want to hear from you. Who we got up? Oklahoma Raider. Oklahoma Raider. Boomer Sooner. What's up, brother? Yeah, there. How are you guys? Oh, we're blessed. Oh, yeah, man. Same. Um, uh, I just I just want to talk about the mobility just a little bit and just um, like one little thing uh, that really stuck out to me last season. And uh, people really talk about how Derek Carr is uh, – they talk – like he's almost like Big Ben statuesque, but there was a play that you know Carr made under pressure. To it was that shoestring tackle to that throw to uh, Renfro that basically they called back or whatever and we ended up <clears throat> pushing us past the Colts or whatever. But the uh, the pockets collapsing around Carr, he stays in it, he stays calm, he doesn't you know fold under pressure like Bosa was talking about. And the middle linebacker is coming at him and he jukes to the right and just cuts to the left and creates. Another, I don't know. That's how he got the throw off. Yeah, and I, I remember I was like, you can't, you can't be unathletic or a statue and be able to make that play. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, just because he's had, uh, I don't know, uh, play calling against him at times or something like, and yeah, he broke his what ankle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two thousand sixteen. Uh, those things, but yep. Right. Um, so those things will slow you down a little bit, but I mean, as we see him progress uh, year after year, I just think that uh, even just rolling him out, <clears throat> right. he's he can make those plays, but also he has to have people on. He has to have the the play calls and right. all those things too. Uh, but yeah, that just that one play really stood out to me. And uh, again, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> uh, like passionate Raider, dude. I wish I. Whew, man, he got me fired up. But uh, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for taking my call. I just wanted to, just wanted to put that in there. But uh, absolutely, yeah, thank you. Good stuff, man. Appreciate the call. Don't let that be your last one, man. Definitely appreciate you. And you should be fired up. Right, I think all Raider Nation should be fired up because this is the highest, at least in my mind, the expectations have been for this team in a very long time. I'd go back to say 2017 was when the expectations were high, but I think that it's even higher this year because of what you said about the play calling. The play calling's been suspect for years, right? I mean, it really has. Even when Jack Del Rio was the head coach and uh, they had homeboy that ended up going to Denver, and I forget his name now, and I wasn't—I remember uh, I wasn't a big... I forgot his name. But anyway, I wasn't a big a fan. A player of, or a coach? No, uh, it was the offensive call, play caller. Because Del Rio was the head coach, but the offensive play caller, and again, I forget his name. And then they uh, they moved on from him for your guy, Todd Downing. And I remember all the hype. Oh, this guy's the next boy genius. He's Sean McVay. He stunk. He was terrible. He was awful. That's why when Todd Downing took that job in uh, Tennessee with the Titans, I told you, oh, man, that's going to be bad business. He's not a good offensive play caller. But he did all right in Tennessee. I guess when you have a guy like Derrick Henry, you kind of do those things. But – the expectations. Bill Musgrave. Yes, thank you. And I wasn't hyped when he when he got hired. I was like, ah, we've kind of seen what Bill Musgrave can do. But with Derek Carr and the weapons that he had, he was able to come up with a good game plan. And so their offense was pretty pretty uh, pretty potent. You know, they 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 took some chances. They did some really good things. But man, that next year with Todd Downing, that was a joke. And then, well, we all know the wheels fell off after that. So uh, yeah, there's that. So I think that the hype this year for this team should be very high. You should be very excited about what's coming up, what the potential is. Now, of course, this team, we could talk about potential all day. This team's got to go out there, and they've got to live up to the expectations. They've got to, you know, uh, go and show what they can do. But 
again, I feel like they really have that opportunity and they really will do it. It just starts on Sunday against a very good team with two bookend guys that are going to get after the quarterback and want to take Derek Carr's head off. So there's that. Uh, one more time, 702-365-9200. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Who we got? Isaiah. Isaiah, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Q and DeMond, uh, I'm at Ranger, you guys' show. Thanks for having me on. I uh, just wanted to, uh, I, I'm not sure if you guys uh, touched bases on this already for the linebackers corp, but um, just wanted to just get your uh, your point of view in regards to your expectations with uh, the, the linebacker group with uh, Perriman, um, Diablo, and also uh, Brown. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you for the call. Uh, talk about the linebacker group. I think Jayon Brown, man. I really do. I think he's going to be a, a difference maker. I think he's going to be a guy that people are talking about where no one's really talking about him right now. He's not a flashy name, but the guy can cover, right? And that's been one of the big struggles for the Raiders linebackers. And we were talking to Lincoln Kennedy earlier, and he was talking about Denzel Perriman's struggles. It's not because he can't cover. He's just short. He's just a shorter dude. And so sometimes when you get matched up with those tight ends, it's harder to be uh, defend him. I think Denzel Perriman is about as much of a dog as possible. He's a hell of a linebacker, but we all know that his forte is getting downhill and and uh, you know knocking the snot out of a, a, a ball carrier. I think Jayon Brown has an opportunity to really be a dude that can can defend guys that drop in, you know that that are going out for a pass like tight ends or even chase down running backs. And I think Devon Diablo has the same opportunity. Exactly, and to give a little stat, just a, no no shot to Denzel Perryman at all. But Jayon Brown has twenty eight passes defended in his career. Right, Denzel Perryman has nine. So it's just a different flavor when it comes to that linebacking core. Mm-hmm. And like Lincoln said when he was on the show, the Raiders are going to need that to match up with these um, Chargers tight ends. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, got a text from Vegas Pete. Got a couple of them on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, I like the emphasis on creating turnovers over the Gus Bend, but don't break D. Morig was so deep, it looked like he was in the stands. I also think we're going to run the ball more than expected, and that should set up big plays on play action. And that's where Derek Carr is really good. Play action pass, man, he really eats. So if if the play action pass is successful, then the Raiders are going to have a great opportunity offensively. That's where Derek Carr, again, he thrives when he has the play action pass, when he has the ability to use that. Also, Vegas Pete said, never forget, the Chargers lamely pay NFL Network to promote him, to hype him. I can't wait for Sunday when it's a home game and Chargers' dumb coach goes for it. Uh, from his own 25, and McDaniels laughs and gets an easy touchdown. Again, that's from Vegas Pete. Um, I've, I've heard the conversation about the the organization, you know, having the media hype them up and everything. I I don't sign up for that one. I don't, uh, I don't know about that one at all, and so I can't defend it, and I can't agree with it or disagree with it. I don't have any idea, but I've definitely heard it multiple times, so there's that. Uh, definitely appreciate you, Vegas Pete. Uh, Raider at T hit us up. I just told my family, do not call me on Sunday until February unless it's to invite me to watch the game and eat wings. Again, that's Raider at T. Uh, definitely appreciate that. And with that, Damon, where are you going to be tonight as we only have a few seconds left in the show? Parkway Tavern, the district in Green Valley Ranch. So come on down and watch the Aces as they look to secure their spot to the NBA Finals. I mean, WNBA Finals, excuse me. Right, right. Absolutely. So game tips off at 7.15-ish. Damon will be there. Uh, a little bit before 7 o'clock, so make sure you go and check them out. Parkway Tavern in the district. Cheer on the LV Aces. Of course, we'll be back here tomorrow here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Make sure you're waking up with the morning tailgate. Clay, Heidi, and Vinny on Raider Nation Radio 920. Good night. Yeah!